Warning, it is the opinion of the Forestry Productions LLC and the Working Perspectives podcast that we should inform you that some of the language used in this recording could possibly be considered offensive. You have been warned, so if you decide to listen to the recording, then don't complain about the language. When we first moved there, we moved there with three teenagers, and a lot of people thought we were crazy for taking our kids out of school, moving to a country you know, in Central Asia. And what we discovered was because of the culture there, we felt more comfortable being there with our teenagers than back here in the U.S. for a yes. lot of reasons. Yes, I, w- I would agree. I mean, I've said this before. Uh, the country I went to that was a former communist country is... And it's 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 half uh, Islam. Tur- it's at Ottoman Empire, like Turkish Islamic, and, or Turkish Muslim, and then half Greek Orthodox. And I'll tell you this right now: you could be Leonardo DiCaprio, right? And there is no one night stands happening in Albania. I'll tell you that right now. Like that kind of. Shit. Hi, hello, how are you? Thanks for stopping by. Today we're going to talk to some real people about some real things, living real lives, doing real stuff. This is the Working Perspectives Podcast. I'm Matt Lavelle, accompanied today by Jalen Dub, Justin Richardson, the amazing Jamie Iglesias. And our guest today is the one and only Brian Yeager. In case you're wondering, you can find all our stuff and all our content on all podcast platforms and YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast. You can us on Instagram, Working Perspectives Podcast. You can join us on the Twitter and the TikTok at Working P Pod. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, you can please email us at workperspectives.gmail.com and please like and subscribe so we keep bringing you the sweet, sweet content. J-Dub, how we doing? Buffet. Go hang a salami? Backwards? Is I'm a lasagna hog. Wow. That's crazy. Learn something new every day. Do with that what you will. Thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, Jamee, how are you? I'm doing great. I don't have any fun facts for you like that one, but... I mean, no no one has that fun fact. (laughs) Literally, no one. All right. Well, uh, speaking of fun facts, this is the Working Perspectives Podcast. Let's get this thing going. Let's go. It's our objective to be effective by voice in societies. Working Perspectives. Exploring your day and how you get paid. Launching a new episode. the show today we have the one and only brian yeager brian yeager is the owner and proprietor of combat strength online uh it's a strength and conditioning for grapplers he does that of crossfit 24 7 in southampton he's been a coach and physical trainer for around 24 24 years uh he's been doing brazilian jiu-jitsu for five years he did some training in tajikistan we're going to get into that a little bit later and a background on him Super excited he's here. He's a brother of mine from the Henzo Gracie PA Academy. 
So just love getting these guys on the show. It's a great time every time they're here. Uh, but let's get right into it. Brian, super excited to have you on the show. Thanks for being on here. But before we get started, I would just like to ask, what movie do you think is better? The Godfather Part 1 or The Godfather Part 2? I have to go with the original. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, it's not It's not great. It's I'm not good, great. Guys. You know, it, is, it is great. I mean, I mean it's though- great. It's great. Yeah. It's great. I mean, You're right. I, the great. first one is better than the second, but the second is still a very good movie, but it is not better than the first. Agree to disagree. All right. Uh, very good. Then what about Cheetos, Brian? Are you crunchy or puffed? Crunchy. Crunchy. See, he's not a wimp. When, when I eat them. When I eat them. Yeah. <laughs> Which is rare. I've seen your body and it's that of a Greek god. Michelangelo's David. Uh, <laughs> yep. Very good. And then what about pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. Oof. Oof. We haven't had a, we haven't had a pancake in yeah. a little bit, you know. The old fudge. I like I like to keep it simple. Yeah, yeah. Not these high flutin waffle people. Just yeah. a nice, simple, Too fancy flapjack. Yeah, I've been hearing people say the kiss method lately. The keep it keep it simple, stupid, right? Yep. Yeah, I don't know. That's what Beth's pancakes in a nutshell, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's all in the name. So the flip. Yeah, that's it. Uh, very good. So let's keep moving. Uh, what about are you theme park or are you amusement park or water park? Water park. I'm a water guy. Wow. <laughs> All right. What right about... there with you. Yeah. I mean, you guys are weird. She's right there with you, buddy. She loves swimming in band-aids and urine just like the rest of us. Huh? I love it. Yeah. How about it? It's a good <laughs> Friday night for old Jamie there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, what about Chevy Chase or Bill Murray? Which one do you like better? Chevy Chase. Can't stand Bill. <laughs> Wait, what just is it Chevy here? Chase? What just happened right here? Except, except for except for Groundhog's Day. Groundhog's Day is Chevy. I'm big on Scrooge. Chevy Chase is the man, and uh, you and one other person are in a select company of. Oh my! Oh my God! <laughs> Wait. He's not the first. He's not the first Chevy Chase. Uh, I think there's been one other. Yeah. You know know who it was? You know who it was? I think it was Danielle Rothweiler that said I knew it was a lady. Yeah. But But you're the first man that said it. Congrats to you. Good job. I'll tell you you why, too. It's the National Lampoon's Family Christmas Vacation. that I grew up on that. It's a great movie. There's no denying. Love it so much. You know what's crazy, too? Like, if you look at... Three Amigos. Three Amigos is great. But if you look... another fun fact for you. There's yeah. a movie with Chevy Chase, and I think it's Dan Aykroyd, where they're actually in Tajikistan. Shut the hell up! <laughs> they're spies in Tajikistan. Oh, spies is like that us? the one? Stripes? Is are they? Is that Stripes? No, that's him yeah, and Harold Ramis. Spies like us. Oh, spies, spies like, like us. us. Yep. No yeah. shit. Harold Ramis, Dan Aykroyd, Chevy Chase. Dude, you yep. know what's crazy too? If you look at Caddyshack with Bill Murray and Chevy Chase, right? It's like they're both stealing the show. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I used to do? I used to love to do the piano scene that Chevy Chase, I was born to love you. I was born. You know what I mean? And he just kills it, man. They both kill it. Not going to lie. At the top of their games, they're literally the two funniest guys alive at that point. But either way, you said Chevy Chase. You're the second person ever do it and the first man. What a weird, what a weird world we're living in. All right. We're also uh, that kind of guy. Yep. And then when it comes to eating chicken wings. This is important, Brian. Please pay attention. When it comes to eating chicken wings, are you drums or are you flats? Drums. Back on the team. All right. <laughs> Would it matter? Got more meat there. Yeah, <laughs> damn right. You're damn right. More bang for the buck, more meat for the bite. Name of the game. All right. 
So let's keep it moving. So like I said, uh, and at the top of the show, you are the owner proprietor of combat strength. It's online. It's a strength and conditioning for grapplers. You're operating out of CrossFit two, six, seven in Southampton. You've been a physical trainer for 24 years. You've been doing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu for five years and you lived in Tajikistan. We're going to get into that. (laughs) For seven years. So, all right, let's talk. Let's talk to Jeek. Let's talk to Jeekistan. All right. Not, uh, not for me, you know, because right. I know where it is. But like sure. for our listeners, for Jamie, uh, I would love to know where it is. Uh, yeah, just where the f- is Tajikistan. Just, just an FYI, guys. I'm dating us, but on the episode that aired today, Jamie asked where the country of Peru was. <laughs> yes. So everybody knows that's the geography we're dealing with. Sorry, James. Didn't mean to air your dirty laundry, but you legit said, where's Peru with a computer right in front of you? you now I know. It's South America, right? You are. Man, you're good. The uh-huh. sneaky Peru. I'm learning. Now I got to figure out Tajikistan. So well, in, all, in all fairness to Jamie, one of my favorite travel writers used to say that war is God's way of teaching Americans geography. So since we've never invaded Peru, it's not Jamie's fault. True. Exactly. Damn. I know where Afghanistan is. Damn, that oh. is that is so true. War is God's way of teaching geography. Holy <laughs> smokes. That's that why is Maybe if, you know where, if you know where Afghanistan is, you can find Tajikistan very easily because it's on the northern border of Afghanistan. I so, figured it was around there. So j- yeah. j- let, let me this is what I'm looking at, guys. All right. So Tajikistan is bordered by China, Pakistan, Afghanistan. Turkmenistan, <laughs> Uzbekistan, and Kyrgyzstan, Kyrgyzstan, and it's right, and it's right across the jump from Kazakhstan. So mm-hmm. I know uh, Kazakhstan from uh, Borat. Borat. Yeah, <laughs> <There you go. laughs> we had uh, a little previous episode on YouTube. Now you'll find uh, our guest told the story about how if you bring up Borat in. Kazakhstan, they yeah. will stone you. They will murder. Oh, really? <laughs> not, I'm not surprised. They don't find it funny. Wait, where like... where is he from? Is he not from there? Really? Who, who did we no, have on uh, here? Well, the character Borat was. No, from what's his name? Uh, uh, Sasha Baron his... Cohen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's, he's not British. Kazakhstan. Oh, really? No, I always thought he was from there. No, he's yeah, an he's actor from London. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty a... offensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he totally, yeah, he totally fell over Kazakhstan. Who was the person that told us that about? Oh, I think it was uh, Eric uh, Eric Tangrady, the pro hockey player. Yes. Yeah, because he 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 played hockey in Russia. Which I mean, check it. Uh, you know, episode available right now on all podcast platforms and YouTube at Work for Sexist Podcast. The Eric Tangrady episode, really great show. His stories about playing hockey in Russia were wild. Yeah, so, yeah. Sure. Go ahead, Justin. <laughs> Russians are crazy. No, 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 I was gonna start talking. No, let's talk about uh, Tajik. Brian here. Yeah, Tajikistan. Do you ever get the crazy Tajikistan uh, pill cocktail? I'm not familiar with that. That's <laughs> what Tangier, Tangier got. These crazy Russian. Oh, Tangrady. Yeah. There. So they used to call it Russian gas. So in the <laughs> in the KHL. Which is uh, the Continental Hockey League, I believe, is what it's called in in Russia, I believe, and uh, they'll give you the stuff called Russian gas, which is like it's either you can do an inhalant or it's like a handful of pills, and you just whack them down, and it's like 
you're just, you know, it's it's basically like meth and steroids, apparently. And you're just like the best you've ever been and the best hockey player you could ever be. But yeah, Tajikistan, I mean, you know, uh, I found this. So I've been to a uh, former communist country that is now reformed. And it is, uh, you know, I would say it's not the most populous country in the world. But as far as like morally sound, it knocks the piss out of any of the out of a lot of other countries so brian if you could uh explain to us like what was kind of your experience in tajikistan and what the hell took you there yes as far as our experience there i would agree with you there's tajikistan was also a former soviet republic and Mm -hmm. which is why most people don't know about it because until the soviet union fell apart it didn't even exist as an independent country yeah um it is about 99 percent islamic as far as the the culture there Mm -hmm. and so that tends to create a much more conservative culture as you can imagine yeah. You know, when we first moved there, we moved there with three teenagers and a lot of people thought we were crazy for taking our kids out of school, moving to a country you know, in Central Asia. And what we discovered was because of the culture there, we felt more comfortable being there with our teenagers than back here in the U.S. for a yes. lot of reasons. Yes, I would I would agree. I mean, I've said this before. Uh, the country I went to that was a former communist country is and it's 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 half uh, Islam. Tur- it's at Ottoman Empire, like Turkish Islamic or Turkish Muslim and then half Greek Orthodox. And I'll tell you this right now, you could be goddamn Leonardo DiCaprio, right? And there is no one night stands happening in Albania. I'll tell you that right now. Like that kind (laughs) is just not in their culture, right? And it's, it's partially because like there's a lot of gossip, you know what I mean? Like people will talk and you don't want to be known as like this person, but it's also because like they like value self-worth. You know what I mean? Like they install self-worth in, especially in women. You know what I mean? Like they might be in sometimes subjected to, you know, cooking, cleaning, like that type of thing. But they're also like known like, Hey, you are worth this and you're not to be treated like that, you know? So I don't know. That's been my experience, Brian. What would you say? Yeah, I would agree that the woman's value and honor is everything. So any kind of behavior or activity that would bring any kind of question in the neighborhood or the community would be frowned upon. So that's why they're so strict about it. Yeah, 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 I agree. And I mean, they, they have problems there like any culture in any country, but the overall culture is way more conservative and more appreciative of women and their value. What, yeah. uh, what kind of house were you in? So we moved around a bunch um, when we lived there, but the houses are kind of old Soviet houses, so concrete ranchers, basically. Right. All right. You had the option of living like a one floor kind of rancher or like the old Soviet block style apartment. And that was like a non-startup for us. We didn't want to live there. Yeah. So we, we rented homes the whole time we were there. We had a nice garden, nice yard. Um, it's similar to most Middle Eastern countries where the all the properties are surrounded by 10, 15 foot walls and gates. So you have 100% privacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very private culture. How's the food? Yeah. Go ahead. How's the food? Say again? How is the food? Like, uh, you know, like your standard food, like you're going to the grocery store or how are we getting, what are we doing? How are we making lunch? So it was, it was a mix when we first moved there. The country was in a lot of, there's a lot of development going on in the country when we first moved there. So we didn't have as many options when we first got there in 2015, but there was one or two supermarkets. And after that, you went to like the open, open air bazaar, like you would experience in the Middle East. Yeah. You bought your meat, your vegetables, your fruit, you, you bartered for it. So you had to negotiate the price. Um, but by the time we left, there was three or four nice supermarkets we would go to. One was there, it was owned by a French company. So we had more options by the time we left. Okay. Oh, just because like the country had reformed itself and like started building itself back up by the time you had left? Yeah, it was in the process of reforming itself as we got there. There's more and more money coming in. China was investing heavily in Tajikistan. So money was pouring in from China. And of course, because China was there, the U.S. was also 
competing for influence. So there was a lot of European, American, and Chinese money coming into the country. Oh, nice. When you, so, oh, sorry, man. Go, go, go. When you barter at the, uh, at the market, are you, you're still using cash or are you like actually trading like rocking chairs or what do you? No, I guess I meant bargaining. Bargaining in the sense bargaining. that bargaining. Okay, all right. yeah, so I thought you were like no, trading outside of money. I was like, all right, like what do you got? Cows or right? No, no, I meant bargaining. You're negotiating the price, and because we're a foreigner coming into the market, they're already starting their price higher. Yeah, than yeah. they normally would for a yeah. local. So it's a game. It's a game. You have to yeah. learn to embrace it and have fun with it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Every week you're like, yeah, all right, we're getting some lamb under forty. Yeah. There you go. And it's, yeah. it's funny too because like the guy gives you a high price and then you give him your response. And he acts like you just killed his firstborn. It's like <laughs> funny, and they're just playing a game with you. Yeah, it is. It's dude. The whole like bargaining and and all that is so a part of the culture. When I when I was in Albania, they had uh, the way they set up like a block, right? And this was in a city. Were you in a city or like a town or a village or what? Yeah, we we're in the capital city. Okay, so you're in the most populated city, same as I was. And the way they had it set up was where you would have like an apartment building and there'd be four apartment buildings, like one on each side of the. So like if it's a block, right, it's a square. And then one, you know, the north side is apartment, west, east, south apartment building. And then behind it was the parking lot. But also in the parking lot was a cafe and then a grocery store. Right. So you had your neighborhood cafe and a grocery store. So if someone was coming over to your house, right, or your apartment or whatever, you'd say, all right, just meet me at the cafe. I'll be down in a minute. You know what I mean? And you would run down, get your stuff, you know, like meet them there. Or if you had to get food on the way back, like it was all part of the like you you went to the grocery store more and it was more of like a like an experience. You know, like you saw the same people there all the time. And like the people kind of knew you. And there's some people that had like a credit at the store. You know, is that I, I don't I don't think there's any credit happening, but was it becoming like, did you become familiar with the people at the markets because you would see them all the time? Oh, yeah, for sure. Every neighborhood had its own market. So very similar to what you described. Um, it's, it becomes very relational. Yeah. When you go to the market, you'll see sellers selling. There's like five sellers in a row selling the same thing. And you're wondering how do they may ever make any money? But yeah. each guy sells the people that he has relationships with. Yeah, so everything there, whether it's shopping for food or trying to get somewhere with transportation, it's relational. You, you know, the cab drivers, you know how to get around. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, it's, I one, would, it's one of the best parts of the culture. Yeah. I would see it, too, is that when like you're with somebody that's like your person and you're like, I didn't speak the language that well. And I'm assuming you didn't at first either. And when you would talk to someone and they would notice like you know, like they would be kind of messing with, like messing with you on the price or something like that. They would speak up and say like, Hey, don't them over there with me. Like don't, they get it. Like they're here. Like don't screw them you on the price for you. Exactly. Like if you had someone in, in the cult, like I had it, I remember we were at, we went to the oldest bazaar in the world. It's in the city called Kruya in Albania. And we went to this bazaar and I was looking at this like Albanian soccer Jersey to buy and the dude selling it to me was saying this much and i had a tour guide with us and he was like hey these guys are with me on the tour like don't don't jack up the price and he made the guy go get the receipt that he paid for it for to show me like what the markup was you know so it's just like those kind of things is that kind of stuff happening too while you're there oh for sure yeah we would uh we would get taken advantage of a lot when we first moved there yeah we would go with you know local friends that would help us out um, it yeah. was it was fun going back to the bazaar six months and a year later once we learned the language and um, you know kind of getting some payback. 
Yeah, good. Did, it's like uh, having a superpower. They don't yeah. know that you now know what they're saying, and you can sit there bro, and play dumb. Bro, honestly, that's the best right there. Is yeah, that's that, that is awesome. Yeah, everyone honest, talks about it like in the in the nail salon. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. When you go, oh, to like I hate a, that in the nail go, salon. Yeah, when you go to an all Asian nail salon. <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. Funny what you mentioned about being a superpower because I've always told my wife if I had, had a superpower, it would be able to walk to like an international airport and understand it. What everybody's saying in every language simultaneously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the best part. Of, part of me wants to learn Albanian just so and not tell my because I know they talk about me. I know yeah, that's they. The way do. I they they, they they said they they said they don't, but I know that <laughs> I've heard them say Mateo and stupid like or yeah, idiot. It's Albanian? idiot. They say idiot is is idiot. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, and I know they've said it about. Hey, how long have you guys been married? Uh, we've been married for four years or five years. It'll be five <laughs> years in July. It'll be five. And years you haven't now. picked up any of the language from her. Uh, yeah, he I, I have, but <laughs> not a ton. He knows. And, uh, make the bed, put your dishes away. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I know. Important things. The important yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, I, I know a few things. I mean, hey. Get off my back, yeah. all right, Jamie? <laughs> hey, but, I don't uh, even know where Albania is. So, yeah, it's funny because a lot of the uh, surprise, a lot of the Tajik fighters <laughs> that I worked with in Tajikistan, uh, a bunch of them have now emigrated to the U.S. They some are in Philly, some are in New York. Um, they've been here for a couple years, and they don't barely speak a lick of English. They don't need to. Yeah, they're yeah. in a they're in a Tajik enclave in Philly or New York, and they yeah. can get around. Yeah, it's the same. I'll, I'll tell you. Uh, there is one thing speaking of the food uh when i was living in the northeast especially in like northeast philly do that play like if you go to the far northeast it's like in little moscow up there bro it is all like like that yeah it's all like that area there's like there's this one place it was a uzbekistan restaurant and i loved it it was so good they had the best food i loved going there i went to a rave at a russian spa up there oh so much fun yeah i bet it was uh, in ben salem uh yeah yeah well, like feasterville southampton spa, spa. yes yeah, South- yeah yeah and they have food in there right um they, they like did good food i, don't know I wasn't there when about. they were open it was like at night these people like threw like a party <laughs> rave thing there so. wait wait it was called the southampton spa <laughs> i think we're talking about the same mm-hmm. place yeah, yeah it's, my yeah. therapist recommended that i never go there <laughs> yeah it didn't seem like somewhere you would want to go like like for real like i yeah, just went to right. party but yeah. like therapist is uh from ukraine and i was asking her about a good place to go for like a sauna and i said the only one i know nearby is the south edmund spa she goes no nah, don't go there i think they just shoot russian pornos there <laughs> oh my God. that's how they got a raven jamie doesn't know but she was an extra in a porno <laughs> <laughs> hey wouldn't send be the me first a check time. and i'll be fine yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh but how but you said okay so we'll talk about more you got married at like uh what some people would consider now as a young age but hey when you know you know but you said you had teenagers when you went to tajikistan like teenage kids was there any fear for the kids while you were there? No, not at all. Because it's part of the former like Soviet Union, Russia is heavily involved there, so security there is fine. There was really? never an issue with that at all. Yeah, like, the, the healthcare there is terrible, but as far as like security, it's not a problem at all. Really? Russia like, is so concerned. Russia didn't want any spillover from Afghanistan coming into Tajikistan. So when we were there, there's about 12,000, 15,000 Russian troops on the southern border of Tajikistan. They had their own base. Wow. All right. 
Yeah, Damn. Putin would come to visit like twice a twice a year. Yeah, because so, it's not unreasonable to be like it's a stand. So you're like, I don't know, is it a dangerous place? You know, well, in- that's a lot of people ask this too because they're associating with Afghanistan. Yeah, exactly. Like well, I was gonna ask, yeah. like, were your daughters in burkas? No, they just had, but they did have to dress conservatively out of respect for the culture. Headdresses, dude. As a dad, no, you must have been damn yeah. thrilled, right? Like I, I, I would be like, put more clothes on him. Hell yeah! <laughs> yeah you me? He's dude, not complaining, dude. Have you been what? to like a gym lately, bro? I can't even like you. It is like uncomfortable to go to an LA fitness now because I'm like I like walk around. I'm like I'm getting married. Like, put some damn clothes on. <laughs> yeah, harlot. This is ridiculous. It is crazy. And the beaches, out. the beaches in the summer, they're all wearing thongs oh. now. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's crazy. I was at a, a pool party, and the 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 father and daughter were there, and the daughter was in a thong. And I was like, put, like, put pants on. What are you doing? <laughs> Don't show your old man your butt cheeks. And yeah. same thing, like one of my cousins, same thing, in a thong. And I was like, I don't want to see your butt cheeks. Yeah. I would, put them away. If my daughter tries that shit, I'm dragging her by her hair back in the house. I mean, no uh, but, but it is way. the conservativeness in this. At the end of the day, like, it's her. Like, I've just now, uh, which has taken a long time, been able to show my knees. I've been getting, like, the short shorts and stuff now. But like growing up in middle school, like I never showed. Yeah, but dude, that was the crack. fashion though. You yeah. had to have the long shorts. You had to they had to drag a little bit. You know what I mean? Like you wanted to show your boxers. I'm starting to show some thigh, and I I feel a little. Well, you have about great. You have great legs. You got great <laughs> legs. You know. And so it is. You know, I I can't judge the women for wanting to show their butt, but like it also. You know, I don't know if it is the old man in me or the uh you date an Italian, bro. I think it's the survival instinct in you that if she catches <laughs> you staring at another woman, he he aches. Self-preservation. Yeah, how about it? But uh so okay, so your your kids are there and like you felt completely safe and they adapted to the culture well. And do they do you I'll say this in Albania's got the same rap, being that it was a former communist country in American entertainment really they're like any kind of country is automatically painted as a villain you know what i'm saying like albania is always a villain in movies and any kind of tajik or uzbek or skadik or whatever to stan is always painted as a villain you know what i mean but when you go over there these cultures are absolutely incredible and the, the number one thing about like they want like is i feel like they want to be known for respect and hospitality a lot like known as like like so respectful so hospitable like they're kind of falling over themselves to get you like food and drinks when you go over you know like is that kind of what was going on when you were there yeah hospitality is huge we didn't see it as much in the city because the people kind of became more kind of westernized but when we got into the villages or we go hiking up in the mountains we we'd stop somewhere you know the people are offering you their last like morsel of meat to feed you they'll fall over themselves to to make sure that you eat well Damn. Yeah, Tajikistan, Afghanistan, all those countries, they they pride themselves in their hospitality. Oh, big time. Did you get to go to any weddings while you were there? I went to four or five, yeah. A time, right? Wait, a blowout. Uh, a blowout. Is that like a big thing is the wedding? Oh. The weddings oh. in Tajikistan are about three days long. Dude. Oh, same really? With Al- same with Albania. Dude. Indian is... weddings are like that. Dude, it it's is. Like the first day, it's like the bride's family, then the second yes. day for the groom's family, and the third yes. day for all the friends and everybody. Would Dude, you say, like, the. Same. It's so it's like a, 
it's three separate weddings almost like yes. with vows and, a, and yes. uh so just the bride just the groom like family family and then the, everyone dude, and there's stuff like during the day did they do the thing like when uh like uh my brother-in-law got married in albania and they did a thing the so they did the bride's night right is where the bride's family will host dude there was 400 people at the bride's night right mm-hmm. 400 people that is a massive wedding right and dude it's not like they're putting out pizza either it was an eight course dinner right yep, and then keeps coming and the food just keeps coming and there's non-stop dancing and entertainment and and people people are dressed like they're going to the prom it is so dressed up right and like everyone is to the nines out of this world dressed up and and like i remember it was like 3 a.m Right. And and I saw like a table of like older ladies in their 80s that said like, oh, it's 3 a.m. All right. We've got a couple hours left that we can get out. Of here. I was like, what? <laughs> what? what? And like people are whacking back drinks. And then the next morning they my my brother-in-law got like they had like the nicest car and he went to where the bride was staying and picked her up in the car to take her back to his house. And when he went to pick her up, there's a band and dancing and the whole family's like throwing money and flower petals and water on her as she's leaving the house. Then she gets to his house and then there's another band and dancing (laughs) and there's throwing money and flower petals and like pouring like Rocky over to the doorway and stuff as they go in, dude, it is. And then that night, they st- they went to the number one hotel in the country and threw a fucking rager, like a killer rager, <laughs> bro. And then the next night it was party city, like dude, d- Brian, similar, right? Well, there's some differences with Tajikistan because it's the conservative Muslim culture, yeah. but also it's it's one of the poorest countries in Central Asia. Yeah. So the, the government actually had to put rules on how many people you could invite and like and how long the parties could go on because people will go into like debt for decades in order to throw the wedding for their <laughs> yes. daughters yeah like you, oh yeah you can't be like throwing away the, the future of your family's you know finances for, yeah. for a wedding yeah so they made strict laws on how many people could come and how many you know how many restaurants you could go to all that stuff Dude, what's yeah, the similar, max people culture though probably like 300 right what's the max Perfect. I think it was 200 there. All right. Yeah. Wow, that's so lot. Oh, that's a yeah, ton. That's a so many. Yeah. And just noisy I... and loud. Like you said, like the dancing and the, and the horns. And uh... the cool thing that I saw was when the, the groom would go to the bride's house to pick her up, there was always like a, a, a play that would kind of come out where the brothers would stand in his way and block the entrance. Yeah. And he would have to quote unquote negotiate with them to take their sister. Yeah. So there was like this back and forth and he would take her from the house. And but then like there was the and it was the oldest male was like his representative. So like if it was if the grandfather was still alive, it would have been him. But it was his uncle who was the oldest male of his father's side was the one that was by him while it was like his negotiating partner. Right. Did you was that there or was it just the groom that had to negotiate? It was just the groom. Yeah. What's he yeah. offering? Money or arm dude, wrestling? Th- dude, think about this back in the day, right? Pass really? Rush? Really, these things come from uh, it's like the village culture, right? Because yeah. it was a family from one village and they would go to get the bride at the other village. And really, what the other village was doing is they're showing out, 
They want to show off their dancing, their hospitality, their food, their drink, like all their clothes. Like they wanted to, to, to show like we are the best village. We have all these nice things. Look at us. Right. But then the village that she's going to, they want to freaking show out <laughs> and they're going to throw a, a rager and ha- have all the stuff. You know what I mean? So it's really a lot like that from the villages. And is dancing big in Tajikistan? Like as a culture, is dancing big? Yeah, it's big there, but it's interesting because most of the time when we go to weddings, it was mainly guys that we would see dancing. Dude, what? And the, and the guys would and the guys would dance with each other. That was that was a different yeah. cultural experience for us. Yeah, and you're right though because the the cultures are based on honor. Yes. it's all about showing the honor of your family, showing the honor of your village, very and projecting much. that. Yeah, dude. But some of the dances though, out of this world, right? Mm-hmm. Like the athleticism is unreal. I remember. My so my father in law was in a like Albanian folk dancing group. There it was like the number one folk da- Albanian folk dancing group in Albania. He was on. Imagine this: they in during the communist regime, they had a TV that played one channel. The channel was on from 10 a.m. till 10 p.m. and it was one channel throughout the whole country. Right. So if you turned on the TV, you got to see one thing. It was ever was on the channel, and he was on that channel like three times a year dancing. So he was kind of pretty well known, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, uh, but, so, but when he, when, when I was at my brother-in-law's wedding, him and his old dancing buddies were still there, but they're, dude, they're in their sixties, you know, and they're doing like one-handed handsprings. And like, I remember one guy would hold the other guy's hand and he would do like just flips in a circle and he's like 65 years old. And I'm like, what is going on here? Even the low kick thing that, oh, that is not easy. (laughs) Bro, you will break your neck trying that, Justin. Trust me. Uh, That's why they still move like that is because they don't stop doing it, you know? I could pull it off in the past. I haven't tried it in a long time. But nice. I'm nice with it. Oh, I bet. So, uh, but I do want to talk about this. I know we got crazy into the cultures, but when you're over there, (laughs) and this is something I love, and you told me this, is wrestling is Tajikistan's national sport, right? Yeah, everybody grows up doing it. Dude, well, that's the thing. In that area, right, Pakistan, Uzbekistan, right, Tajikistan, like even Afghanistan, wrestling is like they are crazy about it. Like selling out like seventy thousand seat stadiums to watch a wrestling match, right? Yeah, yeah. Every March they have their Navruz, which is the Persian Persian New Year. Yeah, and they they have a huge wrestling championship in the central stadium of the city, and the president's there, and the winner of the overall championship gets like a brand new car. Oof, man, are there um are there rules the same? And like, is it pretty much? Like a wrestling tournament there compared to a wrestling tournament here in the U.S. Like De- pretty depends. much similar. So or? there's a. It depends. Like I know Tajikistan has three or four different styles of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like some of them you'd recognize, like you know, it's like Greco freestyle. But yeah. like they have a folk style wrestling there that they do for the for the Navru celebration. Yeah, there's even what's, some what's... that have. Dude, there's some wrestling tournaments in this part of the world that are th- like thousands of years old, right? Yep. So like there's somewhere like you have to wear special pants. You have to wear like put on an oil or something like that. You know what I mean? Like they make it like really difficult. Yeah, they'll do it like greased, I guess. There, there's some that do, it, and they, and it has to be in the grass and like this arena. Yeah, okay. it's and like the matches last until someone gives up. It's not like the re- some of the wrestling rules is is crazy, but yeah, I no can, five minute rounds. No, bro. 
dude, they are they go nuts, man. But nice. So yeah, there's like so in America, there's two main types. There's American folk style, which is what you'll see in like in college and and national champion high school and things like that. But then Olympic wrestling is called freestyle. There's two types. There's freestyle wrestling and Greco-Roman. So freestyle is where you can attack the upper body and the lower body. And then Greco-Roman is just upper body throws. There's no leg attacks allowed. So what's WWE? WWE is a little different, Jamie. And I'm glad. What style is that? WWE is sports entertainment. All righty, sports entertainment. But did you get to go to do, do any wrestling training or go to any wrestling matches, Brian? Uh, I went to the Navarro's wrestling matches one year. Um, the only training I did was I had, I had some athletes that I worked with, some friends that were uh, Sambo athletes. I oh. did some, some Sambo training with them. Did that, And that was brought by the Russians, I assume, then? The Russian Sambo? Uh, yeah, for sure. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That Sambo's dude. a style, like Brazilian uh, Jiu-Jitsu, Sambo. Kind of rush. So re- tell you wrestling, grappling itself has so many different types. Like it is legit yeah. the oldest sport in existence, right? Yeah, like it's, it's it's dudes hanging out, dude, exactly and wrestling each other. Think about man. Think about when we were caveman, just <laughs> just going at it, right? Like wait, that's so jujitsu is wrestling. Jujitsu is a form of grappling, right? Yeah. Which can be cons- wrestling, grappling can be kind of considered the same thing. And jujitsu is a form of submission grappling where it's, yeah, you're, you're wrestling on the ground and fighting for position and, and like that all kind of things. And then you're also looking for submissions and things like that. Yeah. So in a way, like wrestling and grappling are somewhat the same thing when you look at it. Right. But yeah, jujitsu is, uh, is, is, yeah. Jujitsu has and wrestling have a lot of similarities, Jamie. Yeah. Big time. Oh, I'm learning so much. Yeah, you are. You'd probably be really good. <laughs> there's at actually, uh, there's a new documentary on Amazon called catch is catch Ken. Oh, it's, love like, it. it's about catch wrestling, but it really traces the, the history of wrestling all the way back. It talks about like pancreation and Greece and the different styles that came out of Asia. It addresses the roots of judo, jujitsu, wrestling, and sambo, oh. all of that. Dude, hell yeah. Really I'm going to watch that then. Love it. I had no idea. It was so historical. And... Oh, it's the oldest sport in existence, James. They used to do it wow. nude. Yeah. In, in the original Olympics, they would do it nude. Yeah. Nude yeah. and oiled. Yeah. And in wow. sand. They would do it in sand. going to be slippery. You got to yeah. get it. Oil and sand? That doesn't seem like it would be. <laughs> and there'd fun. be no time limit either. So it was like until someone. You would do it to the death. So guys would be exhausted. <laughs> While oh their God. sponsors are just flapping in the wind. So, but yeah, so nice. All right, Justin, you got time for a couple questions? Because I don't okay. want to go too long because I want to get some more into his stuff. I got some good ones. All right. So right now we're going to move on to everyone's favorite segment. It's Jado's questions, asking some questions. <laughs> Jado's questions, new favorite segment. J-Dub's question segment. Uh, Brian, Justin here is going to ask you some questions, and you can give some answers, or you don't have to if you don't want it, and you can tell them to shove off. Uh, either way, Justin, take it away. You have to pick one, either the date or the way of your death, and you get told it to you. Not the year, though, but like the date. Like It'd be like March 15th. Oh, they don't give you the year? No, <laughs> or the way, which is like fire truck or like heart attack. But you have to yeah. know. 
You can't I'll decline. Go the way, the way that I die. The you way. Man. What if the way is poison? Ugh. I mean, it still could be by accident. What if it's something sh- like like pretty bad, where it's like eh, you shit yourself to death, buddy. Tough way to go out, you know. Like <laughs> you get raped to death. Sorry, that's not appropriate. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> This is getting real dark. Sorry. Yeah, Jesus. Very quickly. Right, let's bring it down. If you had to start a new hate group, which would you pick? New hate group. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you. I'll tell you the people I hate. I hate people. Mm-hmm that talk about politics when no one wants to talk about it and all they want to do is argue about it and be a and hate those people. That's a hate group for Taylor Swift. The hate group <laughs> yeah. for Taylor Swift? You're, You're not down with the Swifties? <laughs> you just don't want to root for the anti-hero anymore? You just, you're fed up with it? That's what it is. Taylor Swift. She does kind of suck. She does kind of suck. Oh, damn. You already got Jamie. You got a member. Yeah, I don't really. I'm not a big, but I, there was so many people at her show, dude. They were like outside the show. Like, I I don't so know if it's a real number, that. but I heard you it was twenty thousand. There was a lot of people outside in the stadium just like listening from outside because the tickets were so expensive. Uh, yeah, I heard there's twenty thousand people, and then like how many thousand inside? Wait, what happened at the Taylor Swift concert in Philly? I hate that we're going <laughs> off topic, but I need to know this. <laughs> The Taylor Swift concert in Philly was sold out three nights in a row, but also they were showing like footage on the news and stuff. There was a lot of people just in the parking lot during the show listening. So they paid for parking to just be in the parking lot and listen to the show from outside. Because I think oh, one you can hear it. Link, right? Uh, I think that's pretty smart considering how much the bro. tickets were. Also, I mean, yeah, too, them- think, also, too, think about it like this. From K-Lot, you can see the j- Jumbotron inside the stadium, yeah. right? So say if you went to like went to K-Lot, stood there, you can see it. And if it's in, at the link, you can hear it because it's outside. But, dude, that means she sold out like – dude, that's like almost 90,000 people. Yeah, and there, <clears throat> I heard, it, apparently it was 20,000 outside. What? And that's uh-huh. what I heard. I don't know if that was like a made-up number. It sounds like a lot, but FYI, I mean, FYI, WrestleMania is in at the link this year. FYI, Ooh. yeah. Did they do it outside? Hell yeah, baby! Mm-hmm. They right, usually focus. do it at a warm weather place. But yep, let's go. If you had to play death in a game for your soul, what game would you pick? If I had to what? You, you have, have to, play... to play a game for your soul, like a high-stakes game. What game yeah. would you choose? Like you pick like Connect Four. Right? Have you ever seen Bill shoot. and Ted's Bogus Journey? Yeah. I have not. No. Well, it, there's a scene in that where they play Death, right? Or the Grim Reaper. They play Death in in a board game, a Twister or whatever. And yeah, they whoever play Twister, they play Connect Four. They play a bunch. Of, they play Battleship. Yeah. yeah. And whoever oh, wins, chess. yeah, you do chess. Yeah. You're good at Is that chess. Confident. You're a good chess guy. I'm good enough. I'd at least involve strategy, at least, and less risk and luck. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. You you control bold, your own fate. Yeah. That's a good answer. Dude, I honestly, there's sometimes <laughs> I get a real hankering to get into chess, and then I just don't have the time. But I wish I did. I love oh. chess, is a great, fascinating, fascinating game. There's and it's a, like so impossible. There's a fun one I was playing that's online where it's, uh, you get, the pieces you get irregular pieces, so you'll get like more than one queen, and you play a supercomputer that always stays the same, and you have better pieces. And then as you win, it brings you down to almost an eat like at best you would get an even board and then play. But like 
in the stages before you'll get like five knights, three rooks, and mm-hmm. then the, it's fun. All right, I got. Uh, do you want a gross question or a nice question? Nice, yes, kids. A nice question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you could have an animal as a companion, and like in the sense that he would be domesticated, and you could communicate with him to a level of control, um, what animal would you pick? Have to go the wolf. Just be like a giant dog, dude. There's some wolves that weigh 250 pounds. That's more than you weigh, Justin. Could you imagine <laughs> fighting an animal it's that weighs one. more than you, bro? No, thank you, Jamie. What would you pick? Uh, for an for like a spirit animal? No, like you get like an animal that would be like you could domesticate any animal, like and it you would can be control oh, it. Oh my god, control, all like of it, them. Like you could have a tiger, but it wouldn't eat your neighbor. You know what I mean? I would have one of every. Yeah, you only get one. Yeah, get a yeah, all right, a shitty answer, Jamie. Yeah. Nice. I yeah, love animals. Great. Dude, I went, dude, honestly, my first thought was a silverback gorilla. Yeah. Any kind of monkey. Dude, dude imagine if, dude, if you had a silverback gorilla that was just like your dude, one, it has the dexterity of a human. Right. right? It could get you a sandwich. It could right. get you a beer. Right. <laughs> you know, but then also it's like I could, you know, like talk about the ultimate bodyguard. Like if they're uh-huh. if I I know they have like trained dogs, German shepherds and stuff to be bodyguards, but if they could get a trained silverback gorilla, <laughs> holy shit! I could <laughs> go anywhere I wanted. You could you do to, a, uh, yeah. That you, you can rob any house, bank ever. <laughs> and there's the the giant wolf just sitting on the front porch, and you just like okay. I will keep going. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, silverback totally gorilla, right. you're just like what? <laughs> Yeah, talking about nuts. All right, that was another arousing Jader question. Uh, what? Oh, go Brian, ahead. Do, Brian, do you have any questions for me? I do not, sorry. Okay, right, no, good. Don't have it yet. So that was another arousing Jader's question. James, do you want to throw a question in or no? I do have a question. Go. What made you decide to go to uh tajikistan very good jamie very well, thank good. you i almost didn't get it but i got it you got it that's usually the first question people ask us <laughs> yeah so my my wife and i went we went in 2013 for a vacation we had some friends that worked there as they did humanitarian aid work so they've been there for a few years and it's just like this beautiful gem of a country for anybody who likes outdoor activity like hiking backpacking it's like a hidden gem in asia nobody knows about it Nice. They invited us to come. We spent a week in Tajikistan and a week in Kyrgyzstan. And while I was there, I'd you know, already been coaching you know, 15, 16 years. And I just saw like a real need with athletes there for good coaching and someone who knew, knew what they were doing that could help them. And so I kind of got an idea in my head, kind of a, a bug to maybe go back and check out this opportunity. So I went back the next year. I spent uh, another two weeks there just in Tajikistan. And I had a local friend, he took me around and introduced me to all the sporting federations and all the, the leaders of the sports clubs there. And right before I came back, I met a local guy who was running a CrossFit gym there and wanted to expand and open a new one, but he needed some expertise and some outside help. So he agreed to sponsor me for my visa and we moved back there the next year. Damn. Nice. That's awesome. Crazy. Wow. So, you know, people thought we were crazy, but you know, yeah. we just did it. Dude, I bet too. Like the cost of living there is probably it's probably a lot less than it would be here. But then also, it's like the the amenities you have is a little less. But I bet your kids, so yeah, your kids probably read a lot more. They weren't stuck in front of the TV seven hours a day. They're not video game wasting their time. Like they're probably outside. They're probably getting a lot of activity in and having fun and learning so much. Right? Yeah, they learn multiple languages too. That's, yeah they're gonna be like what well, that'll be well cultured 
Dude, my like my, my yeah. Go ahead, Brian. I was saying like my oldest daughter, she learned Farsi, which is like the ethnic language there. Oh shit. Um, and then my son learned Farsi and Russian. And then my youngest oh, teenager at the time learned Russian, Farsi, and Korean. Oh shit. Nice. So yeah, they didn't they didn't come back any poorer than we left for sure. Hell no, baby. <laughs> they went they they came back ready to be international spies. God like, damn. It's, it's the one thing that like it's it's very hard to offer your kids like in America, I, I imagine, you know, with my children, you know, it's very difficult. Um, that like lifestyle of like we got up and we left the house and you came back like when it right, was dark. Right. Like yeah. You could there was yep. you could sit inside all day, but there's not the internet and video games. There's things to do and like, you know, you learn so much. Bro. Yeah. Plus yeah, there's there's something you can't like you can, now you have to like take from your children to offer them that lifestyle. Where you're like, hey, go you outside and go throw yeah. rocks at a tree for two hours. He's like, What are you talking about? <laughs> Dude, I'm like, you, trust yeah. me, you'll learn a lot from throwing a rock at a tree. Yeah, dude, you could not keep me in the house as a kid. Absolutely not. I, I feel like we never had a choice. Yeah. yeah. My mom used to say, if you're in the house, I'm going to put you to work, which means like she's going to make you clean. So I was like, I'm the <laughs> f- out of this place. See you later. But okay, nice. Yeah, I'll tell you, my daughter, my daughter speaks a lot more Albanian than I do already. And she's three. Go figure. Uh, yeah, but yeah, no. start catching up. Dude, it is honestly, it is so it's invaluable for children to speak multiple language. Invaluable. I can't, I cannot sing its praises enough to be bilingual. It's easiest when you're young. Correct. Very correct. Yeah, Justin, sure. so astute of you, Justin. So astute. I'm still trying to master English, but yeah. Once I get that down, I'm gonna start adding some other you words. uh you speak North Whalian, which is good. Uh, I'm very well uh Red and uh, very well versed in North Whalian, yes. And you like, you really get to understand a culture too when you learn the language. Like, I had to learn how to coach in Farsi, yeah. In order, oh, like, that how makes you, sense. To have, how do you convey coaching principles and, and coaching instructions in a way that they understand it? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not just it's not just saying a literal phrase that I want to say, but how would they say in a way that's understandable? And it was, it was, it was humbling and educational as a coach. Yeah. yeah, like what pushes them and what offends them. Like there's a line here, obviously, in English right. of like, you know, you know, you can say this to this student and you can say this to this student and to motivate them. And then especially doing it in another language and then also knowing like they're kind of like subtext so that you're not like a- offensive almost. What was yeah, you, yeah, you, know, lines. you know how like over here we'll say like, come on, let's go, you know, or something like that. Or like, let's go, you, you know, like. Something like get you hyped up, right? Like, what did you? What would you say in in in? Was it Darcy? Starcy? Far, Farsi, yeah. Farsi. Well, it's funny because Tajikistan was a mix of Russian and and uh, Farsi like culture, Persian culture. So there was a lot of Russian words mixed into the gym setting because Russian is Russian is still the language of sport there. I mean, you okay. hear it in all the Russian movies is "davai davai," which means like "let's go, let's work." Oh, nice. I didn't know that. That's it's, awesome. it's, yeah, it's, they would say the divide, which means let's go or them, which means let's work. Hell yeah. <laughs> Similar. Nice. The, nice. the one phrase that I thought was funny that was if someone wasn't working hard enough, they'd tell him to put a skirt on. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Nice. You know what sucks? They use Russian for that as well, too. So all like the all like the motivational phrases and the insulting phrases they would use Russian for. Interestingly <laughs> enough. Dude, I'll tell you though, I, it sucks. Like <clears> you would, I get, I bet a coach would get in trouble now if they say, go put a skirt on, you know, which is such bullshit. Can you yeah. say it, say it in, uh, say it in Russian. You Please. know what I'm saying? So the combination of Russian, which is Yubka, which is the skirt and 
push head, which is to put on the yuka push head. Oh shit! I'm gonna sound like you're saying you pussy. <laughs> yuka push head, man. Yuka push head, man. Can you nice. do the uh, Can you do the rest of the podcast in Russian? That would be a challenge. I could do it mostly in Farsi. Yeah, well, <laughs> we couldn't, so let's not. Um, all right, let's keep it moving. Then uh, I want to talk about this. So. Brian here was born in Northeast Philadelphia in the Tacony area. You lived there till you were 19. You went to like a private, was it a private like Christian school, right? Yeah, it was the church that my, my family belonged to. They had their own school, North oh, Philly. Nice. And then uh, you ended up getting married at the age of 20. And to date, you've been married for 25 years, almost 25 years. Uh, I've been with my wife for uh, 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 nine years, almost. It'll be nine years in July. And, uh, you know, she can't be around me for 25 minutes without hating me. So how'd you do 20? How's 25 years, man? It's incredible. Well, simple, simple and honest answer for me is Jesus. Jesus. Amen. He's part, Lord he's, and Savior, he's the, baby. He's the third person in our marriage. Without him, we wouldn't have done it. Man, didn't know your uh, didn't know your wife was into that, but <laughs> teach his own. Uh, nah, <laughs> uh, just kidding. But uh, he's so... a good buffer, though. If you're gonna bounce something off somebody, like as a third, because that's the one thing where a lot of people get in trouble with their relationships. They're like, hey, like I don't want you going to your friend and talking about the difficulties in our relationship. And you're like, hey, I'm not talking to Matt. I'm talking to Jesus. Right. You know? Right. So, if you had to share work. your wife with anyone, I'm sure Jesus is the guy you'd want to pick. Right. From where I'm standing, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So why, uh, could you like, did you just know as soon as you saw your wife, you're like, that's it. I'm 20. I'm in my sexual prime, but I saw her, I got her. I got to sign the contract. Let's go. Is that kind of what happened? I mean, it was, it was similar. I mean, we were together for about, we were dating for about two years before that. Okay. But yeah, it was a, within a few months. I kind of felt like I knew. Nice man. Dude, that's awesome, brother. Hey man, when you know, you know, pal. I'll tell you, I knew, I knew it was my wife. First time I saw her, knew right away. Bam. I was like, that's the one I've been dreaming about. Here we go. You know? So that's great, dude. So you got married. Uh, so damn, 25 years. God bless you. So you got that's married crazy. at the age you, of 20. You already have a pension. What's that? <laughs> you already have you a full pension. pension. Yeah. <laughs> we should Knock it out pension. early. But, uh, dude, hey, man, people, dude, I'll tell you, it's kind of rare these days to get married at such a young age, but I'm kind of digging it. Cause look, you know, like what do you what are you now? Forty five around there? Forty? I'll be forty five this year, yeah. So you're forty five. What do you got? Three kids? Four. Four kids. And I how old are they? Two old too. <laughs> so they're uh, nineteen, twenty one, twenty three, and two. <laughs> Started all over. <laughs> one of these is different than the other. <laughs> yeah. Like playing a playing a video game, and you're like, all right, I think I'm gonna start a fresh game. <laughs> Basically, reset. we're done. You had them all over, and you're you had them all at the house, and you're like, "Nah, yep. let's run it back." Hey, man, well, good for you. Well, the thing is, he started early, so he's able to do that, right? Yeah. Like that's if you tool, if you start later, there's no way that's happening. You know what I mean? Like if you waited to get married, there's no way that's happening, and to have kids, there's no way that's happening. So that's honestly a blessing, really. So so and the fact that you still have energy to do that, you know, like. I had my first kid when I was uh when I was 30. You know what I mean? So or when I was 35. I had my first kid when I was 35. By by my dad when my dad by that when by the time he was 35, he had had uh four kids already. You know what I mean? So like I had my first kid at 35. So, you know, by the time she's 15, I'm going to be 50. And it's not going to be easy keeping up with her, you know? Like it's it well, it, it does play a factor. 
right? Well, it's not going to be as easy, but I'm saying like that kind of stuff plays a factor, especially like when you like you do want to. I mean, I don't know, man. People, the, the one thing I know about, and I know we're getting off on a tangent, but with kids, the one thing that's always said is like it goes by so fast, it, and it's so true. And it's like today, like we were outside playing, and I think to myself, is the is this the type of moments that people talk about that go by so fast when she's out like riding her bike and running around and playing in the grass and all that stuff? Like that goes away before you know it. You know what I mean? And for you, you're kind of able to get a second chance at that with a two year old, right? Yeah, it's one of the huge blessings of it. So you, you, you're more aware of those moments now, and you realize how to pick your battles. You're more emotionally mature, yeah. a little less energy than we were in our 20s. But but it's, it's you're working smarter, not harder. You know what exactly. I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. It's also yeah. motivation to keep training jujitsu too. So when she's dating, I'll Bro. be the old guy that can rip their heads off. Did did <laughs> you uh did you put your kids into jujitsu? So I started when I started jujitsu. My three older kids were already old enough where they were yeah. interested, but didn't really have the opportunity. Yeah. Um. Now my son. He's 21. He wants to, but he's in the military right now, and he he doesn't want to injure himself before he gets into the job that he wants to get into. Yeah, yeah, so he's yeah. definitely interested. Nice. Well, hey, man, yeah, as my, soon as he's ready, bro, old, she's already interested though. <laughs> Dude, I told my wife it's a non-starter. I don't care if I have to drag drag my daughter there. Is your especially two-year-old for, a boy uh, or a girl? Girl. See, dude. It's Justin. You're exactly right. Especially for women, I think it's it's a dude. It's a great equalizer, right? And Rich has a great saying. The owner of the gym, uh, Hensel Grace PA Academy, Rich Lada, has a great saying. Is soccer never saved anybody's life? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, dude, we he we've had horror stories at the gym where dad's coming in saying, "Thank God, my and like she doesn't ever have to compete. I don't care if she ever has to compete, but it's a thing where I'd, I'd rather her have it and never need it than need it one time and not have it. You know, like that's you it's know, the biggest choke, fear. Hold, break arms and shoot straight. That's it, brother. That's all you got to do. Hey, man, you can put a motherfucker to sleep. That's all you got to do. You know, it ain't that hard. But yeah, dude. So nice. So you got married at 20. And then when you got married, you did your honeymoon in Hawaii. This is kind of becoming a uh, we're noticing yeah, I want to hear this story. Yeah, th- oh. we're we're noticing this is a common thing for you. Uh, You go somewhere. You like it, and you decide to stay. So you, you did your honeymoon in Hawaii, right? And then you ended up staying there for a year and a half. We stayed there for a year and a half. We would have come. We probably would have stayed longer, but that's when we got pregnant with our first kid, and we decided at the last moment to move back to Philly, where our family and friends were. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. we actually flew back. We landed in Philly on New Year's Eve, and my daughter was born on the sixth. That's how pregnant my wife was. Holy <laughs> shit! She <laughs> traveled totally that. Wow. So, yeah, they rolled her off the plane. So do you? Oh. You. you... What was the original uh, honeymoon? A week? Two weeks? Well, we... Did you have fair, a return we, ticket that you we canceled? Planned to, no, we planned to stay. Okay, all right. So it's not like, all right, I thought maybe like you flew there and you had like a ticket back. And you're like, we can cancel that. Because I make that joke every time we go anywhere. We like get there yeah, and no, I'm we like, were, we just live here. I don't feel like flying back home. Yeah, no, we were young. We didn't care. We just, we told people we were going to do it. And we just did it. It's awesome. Man, that's awesome. Did you man. have a... a like a, a apartment lined up or what did we you just flew out there blind or what did we do so my my, my brother was stationed in pearl harbor in the navy so yeah. we crashed with him for a few months till we got on our feet beautiful but we did do like a two-week honeymoon like you know in the resort and all that first so yeah, yeah. Nice. that's awesome nice <laughs> so and then when did you so you've been a personal trainer for 25 years or 24 years right yeah, and 98 when i started training so yeah 98 so 25 yeah 25 yeah. years god bless you man 
So 25 years as a personal trainer. So you, when you, like you, how would you, how did you start your business? Like what was, how was starting the business and how did you build your clientele? So when we moved back to Philly to have the baby, I didn't know where I was going to work, but I knew I wanted to work as a trainer. Uh-huh. And this was just like, you know, providential. I was in a, a gym one day working out and the, the girl at the front desk knew that I was looking to, you know, start a personal training business. So she called me up to the front desk one day. She said, I got, I got this guy on the phone. He's a personal trainer. And he wants to he wants to move overseas. He wants to sell his book to somebody. And so it turned out he was like this personal trainer to like high end people like in Malvern, Mainline, oh. Gladwin. Oh. And so I met him. We we hit it off right away. And basically he sold me his book, which I kept some of the clients. Some of them went away, and then I built it back up myself. So my first you know ten twelve years was just all the all, all the high end clients on the Mainline, Rittenhouse Square. Love, bro, dude. You couldn't ask for better, bro. You don't got to chase them for money, right? Like. Like I mean, I don't never know. never advertised once, dude. Uh, dude, word of, word of mouth, word of mouth, best advertising you can get. Word of mouth. It was, it was the kind of clientele too that you don't get into that clientele without like the reference. Yeah, you know, you're pulling up these houses, you don't get past the gate unless they know you. Yeah, there's, there's no way to advertise to this group of people. No. Um, so that was a huge blessing, and was able to support my family doing that for 12, 13 years before we moved overseas. Damn, that's incredible, dude. And what and like uh, like I remember uh, there's a you know Greg Halk at the gym. Greg Howe. Either way, he's he met a couple go- times. Yeah, yeah. He had uh, his his main clientele when he was training was like it was older older females, right? You know, like not main, but he had a bunch of them. And I just remember being like, dude, they never miss a payment, and they're always they're always here to train, right? And uh, he's like, yeah, man, the the checks don't bounce, brother. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, it's not like you're you're not training the next Mike Tyson, but that dude, you don't want that, right? Like I've been in it long enough. That like one, you need to build a relationship with these people. And I'll tell you, I bet a lot of those people had a lot of knowledge to offer as far as maybe investment and money management, oh, things like that. And education. Yeah, total education. And they, you know, and they liked you and things like that. And like, you, you, uh, you know, raise your level of professionalism by dealing with them. So, dude, yeah, people think like, oh, you want to do the No, you don't want to do that shit. That shit's a fucking waste of time. You're giving away half your time to fucking Joe Schmoes thinking they're going to be the next Rocky. Like that shit's for the birds, bro. <laughs> so then, all right, uh, you've been, wait, so you've been in it since 98. Man, one thing I will say, and I've said it before, is that there are so many different, like the fitness industry itself is is very fashionable, as far as like, there's a new trend popping up with fitness all the time, right? Can you, can you think of some, like you've been in it since 98, right? So when you first started in it, it was all creatine and, and pumping out chest and squats and all that, right? Yeah, it's creatine and bodybuilding and all the Swiss balls and all that stuff. It was so, the so-called functional training. Yeah, was, that uh, shit's been the, go. The, the Nord track. What was the joint with the, the ropes and the slide? Yeah, the Nord, the track. Nord track. Then yep. the elliptical. Then you had the, like the ab wheel, the shake so, weight. <laughs> dude, the rower puts all that to shame. Well, no, the stair, the stair, the climber. The climber's a son of a bitch. What was the I'll Chuck Norris? I'll go with the air assault bike. Duh, bro. You remember that? You call it Satan, Satan's tricycle. Satan's tricycle. What was that, Justin? The Chuck Norris one. I, I forget what his <laughs> was called. That one was pretty good. My dad had that one. I don't know that one. But, now they have the Peloton. But yeah, you, now it's the Peloton. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the latest one. Dude, that one is, I mean, I wish I could fucking sell it back. Uh, <laughs> but whatever. 
Um, but uh, nice. So then what like you because of all these different trends and all these different fashions for you as a personal trainer, you have to have like principles and basics that you always work with. Right. So what is like your kind of fundamentals when working with a client? So you kind of touched on it at the beginning of the show, but to keep it simple, stupid premise, like there's all these different trends and fashions change, but fundamentals never change. Nope. Yeah, human physiology has been around for you know millions of years and that's not going to change mm-hmm. and so for me like we talked before like to me strength is king so if you if you build a foundation of strength all the other requisite attributes come from that so yeah. it starts with strength yeah. so whether you know whether it's a boxer a wrestler or a stay-at-home mom they, sh- they want to be as strong as possible for their size and their needs yeah you're never going to regret being strong enough for who you are. And it's also like you're one, I'm, I'm assuming like one of your main focuses, especially early on is strength of the mind. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. I, like we talked about the mind is primary. Yeah. And that's, there's, there's two ways to approach that. It's kind of a double-edged sword. You can use mental, the mental aspects of training someone to make them stronger, but you can also use challenging training to expose the mind and to kind of peel that onion. How so? Can you give us an example? So there's different workouts that you can have people do where I call it a can't or won't workout. It's mainly a conditioning workout, not as much as a strength workout, but every person will get to a point in that workout when they can keep going, but they choose not to. Yes. So you're testing the mind there more than the body. Yeah. So the person who has a strong mind or one that's developing their mind will keep going past that point to whether become comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. And that's when the mind grows. It's not that they can't keep going and they won't keep going. Bro, dude, and, you, that's, uh, and that's so applicable to jujitsu too. I can't tell you how many times I've been crushed by a black belt. Yeah, and I, my my mind wants to say this is uncomfortable. I feel like I'm suffocating. I'm going to quit. But then you pull that back in. You breathe. You focus. You yes. you center your thoughts and you just keep going. Yeah, your your body is capable of twenty, thirty times more than most people realize it is Yo. I mean, most people never reach that point yeah because they don't let themselves dude i don't know how many times like i'll say like like because we'll do everything by a time right everything's done by rounds you know what i mean like when i'm training boxing and one of the things is like push-ups for a minute and there's so many guys that stop and i tell them like dude you had four seconds left you don't think you could have held out for four <laughs> more seconds right i was like when you think you're gonna quit Count to 10 in your head and you're going to realize, oh, I'm almost there. It's not that bad. Right. And then the more you do that, the more it goes away. That's where real growth comes from is that fighting that urge to quit. You know, as soon as you're able to overcome that sky's the limit limits and once you can train someone to that point then the next step is working with someone where the the time limit is unknown because then you're taking someone to a deeper level where they're just working for an undetermined amount of time and they can't quit. The military uses that a lot in selection courses where they have to go on a run or if they do a certain amount of movements and they have no idea when the day is going to end. Yeah. And part of it is they're being judged the entire time on how they react to that mentally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so that I, I forget. Somebody was talking about the same exact thing where they were doing running, like how fast they could run a mile when they knew how many miles they were running versus how fast they were running the mile when they had you no idea it. how many miles they were going to run. Damn. Yep. Love it. Big difference. Nice. Nice. So, okay. Like we said, your it's combat strength online, right? Is is your is is your company? Uh, you you have a Facebook page. Do you have an, an Instagram page, right? It's pr- primarily Instagram. Yeah, it's combat underscore strength. All right, cool. And we'll have a link for that in the description of this episode. Highly suggest everybody checking out. If someone does want to get in touch with you about uh, some personal training, how would they do that, Brian? Uh, Instagram is the best way. Yeah, just to message you on Instagram, hit shoot yep. you, hit you in your DMs. Huh? Hit a little hit DM. DM. Hit me in the DMs. Nice. All right, perfect. So 
we are coming towards the top of time. So, uh, Brian, man, I will say this. Uh, me, Justin, Jamie are usually on the same page with this, but we would love to have you back on the show if you'd be willing to come back on, man. Yeah, I'd love to. Dude, we'd love to have you. We'd go deeper into some of these topics. Dude, I would love to talk some more about the Tajikistan. Uh, barely touched on that and being married for 25 years at the age of 45. Uh, but uh, no, man, before we get out of here, like we said, combat strength online combat underscore strength we'll have a link in the description of this episode i totally suggest everyone check it out and if you're interested in some personal training contact brian he's great great at what he does is great you know get you going do a great job uh but before we get out of here brian is there anything you want to say to everyone listening before we take off uh, i would speak you know primarily to the jiu-jitsu people that are watching i talked to my my main population i work with is jiu-jitsu players over 40 yeah. And so many people think that they don't have enough energy to do jujitsu and take care of their strength and conditioning. But in my experience with both myself and the people I work with is you can't afford not to do something off the mat to keep you healthy enough to keep doing the things that you love. Yeah. yeah. So you got to make the time to do it. Yeah, I agree, man. I, dude, it's a it's a lifestyle change is what it does. It legit changes your life. If you commit to this shit, it'll change your life and it'll change it for the better. You'll be the best person you've been, you know? Which is incredible. Nice. Very good. Uh, and then, Jamie, before we get out of here, anything you'd like to say to the uh, Inglacius faithful? Um, I have definitely learned a lot today. Your uh, your geography is just... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I might not know a lot about geography, but I know what continent Israel is in. Okay. Do you, do you know? Isn't it in Africa? I think it's, it's in Europe? Asia. It's, it's in Europe. Asia. Is it in Asia? No, no, it's not in Europe. It's in Asia. Okay. Yeah. That's my one fact. That's my fun fact of the day. Wait, isn't Israel in the Middle East? It's on like the border. The Middle East is a mix of Asia and Africa. Oh, okay. So I guess it's right now. Oh, because Egypt's in Africa. Israel is in Middle East, right? Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Well, there you go. Well, great. Hey, great job, James. Thank you. Fun fact of the day. Yes. We all learned something today. Yeah, that's incredible. Very nice. Thank you. Uh, Justin, anything you'd like to say to the Jada maniacs before we get out of here? You know, I'm trying to build up my, you know, awareness and my my fan base in Uzbekistan. I'm real big on that. Uh, Tajikistan? um, No, no, Uzbekistan. (laughs) Oh, you want Uzbekistan because you're already big in uh, Mozambique. Yep. Uzbekistan's got a cool ring to it. (laughs) Mm. I would go Uzbeka, you know, just given the option. Uh, oh, I just the wanna... food's incredible. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. I've never had that Uzbekistan uh, cuisine. Oh, you'd love it, dude. I'll take <laughs> it. I, I'm I'm actually craving it now. We'll get some Uzbekistan. Uh, I just thought I'm a lasagna hog backwards. Is go hang a salami. <laughs> Man, well, uh, interesting. Yeah. How about it? Well, speaking oh, of wonderful yeah. having you here, Ryan. I had a great time. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of hanging salamis. This has been another episode of the Working Perspectives Podcast. I'm Matt Lavelle, accompanied today by Jalen Dub, Justin Richardson, the amazing Jamie Iglesias, and our guest today is the one and only Brian Yeager. In case you're wondering, you can find all our stuff and all our content on all podcast platforms and YouTube at Work Perspectives Podcast. You can us on Instagram at Work Perspectives Podcast. You can join us on the Twitter and the TikTok at Working P Pod. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, please email us at workperspectives.gmail.com. And please like, subscribe, so we keep bringing you this sweet, sweet content. Thanks for listening. Stick around for the ad read. Thanks. See you.